0: I uh, mean according to uh, Vince Clothor, uh, they are mutually exclusive, so
1: Who the hell is Clothor?
0: Clothor that that's that's Rick Moranis' character when he gets transformed into the gatekeeper or oh, the he okay. has, He's Vince Clothor. Oh. Watch Ghostbusters, you plebeian. It's been like ten years. Yeah, you should be watching Ghostbusters more often than ten years.
1: you want to do a podcast where you're just like trying to talk to me and I'm just watching Ghostbusters? (laughs) I mean, I'd be fine with that. I'd just yell (laughs) out things
0: before they happen and ruin the entire experience for you. I mean, I've already seen it and you're not going to spoil it for me. I'm not talking about spoilers. I just mean, in general, it's not going to be very fun. You know, right before, you know, Rick Moranis, you know, says who brought the dogs? If I yell that, you know, mm hmm anyways hello and welcome to persons no consequence my name is terry smith today i have dave one of the hosts of aiming for mediocrity hello dave how's it going happy to be here we have a special podcast today normally we we you know we introduce people to someone who is of no consequence and they tell us about their career their life their thing that would make them internet famous but hasn't yet you know their entry on wikipedia that would be deleted but dave is of very much consequence right you know you're the most consequential person we have on the network you host aiming for mediocrity you know there's no bigger stage than that
1: are are you joking
0: (laughs) hey we have you know several thousand people that listen to that for some reason i don't know why that's honestly more than i expected Yeah, yeah, we have we have about 2k subscribers on most of our podcasts. I don't know who they are, why they are, where they are, when they are. Um, Obviously, it is some sort of time travel shenanigans. It's an inverted triangle scheme um, from the future. And what they do is they pump our numbers for some reason. They're, They're the subscribers we needed, but not the ones we deserved. (laughs) <laughs> oh and we will chase them uh, <laughs> um so to tell them a little bit about yourself you have hosted podcasts with me for going on a decade right yeah just about uh, so we started in my spare bedroom you know as all good podcasts do and now we've worked our way up to our spare bedrooms uh, <laughs> Yeah, say, and we've continued to at least my spare bedroom <laughs> yeah I mean, i'm i have actually probably been downgraded. I'm in the corner of my living room. It's uh what some would call an office without doors or privacy um it does have a desk though so you know moving on up
1: can Can you put a hot dog on it
0: i, mean, I yeah i could I could put a hot dog on it
1: all right <laughs> then Dropping then you got all the really old
0: m c chris <laughs> references here <laughs> you know what this podcast needs to be more insidery i don't i think that we are too much for the general audience. Uh, <laughs> so back when we started we hosted a show uh what some people would call offensively name and then those people are white um what <laughs> honky madness was what it was called and we hosted it on a round table like we were knights you know uh and it was a table meant for the outside and we couldn't afford a table for the inside so we moved it inside so we had this strange clear glass dining room table type thing in my spare bedroom that took up the entire room and we recorded nonsense essentially for two to six hours every week for some reason. We thought it was a good idea to do, you know, seven hour podcasts.
1: I mean, every episode featured at least a good 10 minutes of audio of one of our members just eating a Slim Jim.
0: Slim Jim, a honey bun, blueberries, milkshakes. Yep. (laughs) So it, is, it is really
1: very ASMR on that.
0: Oh, great ASMR. The only thing that would be better is there's one episode of Podcast Beyond where they just eat a ham. um, And <laughs> their <laughs> subscriber count went down by like 20%. <laughs>
1: oh, my God.
0: <laughs> yeah, they don't eat on that podcast anymore. Uh, jokes on them. We didn't have any subscribers. So
1: <laughs> that was
0: before I figured out what Apple podcasts were. Oh, yeah. So. I brought you on here today, partly because nobody else wanted to record with me, and partly because you've had a very strange and tumultuous um, (laughs) uh, work history, I would say. We worked in the same place for many years going on, uh, I say many years, it's been over a decade that we've just shifted in and out of the exact same positions for no reason other than neither one of us want to work with other people.
1: I mean, more than one of our uh, locations of employment has considered the not real fact that we are related because we're just there together all the time. That's that's how it works. Um, You
0: just you, you hire your friends and then you have fun at work until they fire both of you and then you just start over again. Yep. So what I wanted to talk about was just some of our crazy stories of working with the public, as we often do. And I don't understand why they keep hiring us to interact with, you know, people.
1: Yeah, we're just the worst at it. You can at least fake it. I'm just like, no. Like, <laughs> my my favorite
0: quote from you was uh, when you said, I don't longer talk to people when they come up to me. I just talk at the spot that they're standing. <laughs>
1: yep. I don't talk to the customer. I talk to the space they occupy.
0: Yeah, and that's a really good outlook to have when working in customer service of any sort.
1: At least people with our mental disposition, if you don't think that way, you're going to lose it. Just absolutely.
0: Yeah, you're going to lose it. You're going to lose it on the customer or whoever you're dealing with with the public, and then you're going to lose your job. So eventually you just either tune out or have some sort of -of out-of-body experience as, as you did. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it all started when we worked at a gas station. Uh, it was the only job we could get right out of high school because we didn't have a college education, and they hired us to work the counter and stock the coolers. Um, we also rented movies. They gave yes. us that responsibility. We, that we were the thing.
1: only we were the only kids in town who could run a computer
0: a computer from like 1997 that still runs some old version of DOS. It it like it ran Windows 95 too, but you couldn't run Windows 95 and the software for the, (laughs) uh, for the video rental.
1: Which was essentially
0: an Excel sheet. I don't understand why we needed some very fancy computer.
1: Yeah. Manually updating like uh, user accounts in quotation marks, which was just a (laughs) fucking... It, it, like open up a text document
0: <laughs> the amount of times someone was like can't you just delete like how much i owe and I'm like oh no i totally could i totally could i won't i don't like you that much but i could do that yeah and uh the amount of times before the new ownership came in uh which is when we were hired right before that that place was just full of shenanigans you'd walk in on a friday when your buddy was working you'd say hey uh, uh i have like four hundred dollars worth of late fees you're like no you don't no, you don't. Do you want to run the newest Fast and Furious?
1: Oh, my God.
0: Uh, yeah, that was a good time. Uh, working at a gas station that also sells liquor, lotto, and uh, hangs deer carcasses during hunting season is an experience, among you know, onto itself. I, I don't understand why they decided to tack DVDs onto that, but it worked. It was a viable market.
1: That's what you call a royal flush. Right? That's what
0: you call a party store. That's yep, <laughs> that is it. The... The... that that was the genius of it i know people would say like do you work at a gas station like no sir gas station is too pedestrian of a way to describe my position i work at a party store and what that means is (laughs) you know like from i don't know 5 a.m until midnight you can get all the things that you could possibly need beer we got it gas we got it (laughs) ping pong balls we got it right next to the jaeger and red bull we put together a stand so you can completely get turnt and, you know, just take off real quick.
1: And yeah, there's no reason whatsoever that ping pong balls were sold right next to the beer.
0: You know, it was genius. And then, of course, there was the deer carcass part of it, which was not something I had signed up for, for sure. No. Um, randomly, you know, during hunting season, someone would come in and not have storage because you have these people from out of town who don't live in the middle of rural Michigan year round. And they would shoot something, usually legally sometimes not and go I don't know what to do with it and while they figured out what to do with it they would bring it to our party store you know as we're all getting turned and gambling and getting uh, the gas ready <laughs> ready ready to take off they would bring in a deer carcass and then they would expect me you know 100 pounds nothing i weigh more now but i'm still short and they would say you know take care of it <laughs> we would hang this carcass from the ceiling in a kegerator essentially yeah, because uh, we had two, and we only ever kept like two kegs because who can afford to buy a keg in yeah, the middle one, of nowhere Michigan?
1: One summer we got maybe five kegs, and like, and like <laughs> when, when I say five kegs, I mean like five half kegs. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Which are called no, that's different. Is it pony keg? Is that a half keg,
1: or maybe? is that a separate thing? I have no. I don't idea. remember.
0: I, I all I remembered learning is the deposit in Michigan for for bottles is ten cents, but the deposit on a keg is thirty dollars. <laughs> Yep, (laughs) because it incentivizes people to bring the keg back because they refill them. If you ever get a keg, it's probably not brand new. It's probably been filled with a number of different um, beers, which is just strange to think about.
1: Yeah, Uh, but it is just
0: a large amount of aluminum. So
1: we also did tap rentals.
0: Yep. You would rent a
1: tap. That's that's just weird to me. Like, I get it because like it's one time use, really.
0: It's what you call a racket. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, yeah, but I don't like I. the amount of people that wouldn't bring back the tap and like it's expensive. I think the tap rental was like $20.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, there, there's someone here. And they left. OK, that oh, was strange. Okay. This is what happens when you record on a public server. Sometimes people just hop in. And they're like, hey, they're recording a podcast. When I st- when I uh, get rid of guests, I should <laughs> kick them from the server instead of just, you know you know, having them disconnect because now they can just <laughs> hop into any interview I do. So Dave.
1: <laughs> sprinkles in a little bit of excitement.
0: So what was your favorite part about working at a party store?
1: Oh, my favorite part. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Can you pick like favorite might be the wrong word? What's the no. most interesting part of working I was gonna out say,
1: in, the word, in the words of Bill Murray? That's a loaded question.
0: <laughs> my favorite was when they would put me on a rickety ladder three stories high to change, manually change the price because we were too cheap to put up a digital price sign. Yeah, from when gas would change and people don't know this gas changes literally twice a day. That's what they're called drops. So whatever gas company you're licensed with, because a lot of gas stations, you, you know, you go to a marathon station, you go to a Marlboro station, all these different, you know, gas co- Marlboro might be too old for people. Uh, you would go to a... um Sunco Uh, Sunco BP whatever but when you go into these smaller areas they're usually not owned outright by those companies they're not like it like like you you have franchise Taco Bells and then you have you know private ownership Taco Bells where they just license the the name or whatever Uh, most gas stations in small towns are not owned by those big corporations they're licensed out so you would go to like a a local gas station like ours it was called the a one party store. And it was licensed out to Marathon for a very long time. So there'd be a big Marathon sign, and they would give you drops telling you what your gas is supposed to cost at different times. That's how you run a cartel. (laughs) You know, all the gas companies go, "Where's you know, buying barrels at $350. So everyone sets their price at $350. Occasionally, you would get into a gas war, and yours would be $351, while the one down the store would be $349 or whatever. Uh, But not often, and usually all the prices were the same. Again, not not saying it was a cartel, but it was a cartel. It was a cartel. Um, <laughs> uh, and I was, and people would come in being really, really mad at that. They would scream at me as I'm up on this ladder changing the price, like I had control over it or something. Even our owner didn't have control over the price. But that was my, you know, favorite experience was being up on the rickety ladder that was older than the entire building. And uh, you know, people just screaming at me because I set it to three forty nine instead of three fifty or whatever.
1: Right. That's my favorite is when they're just like, well, like, you know what? It's, it's a dollar down at Dollar General. I'm like, yeah, that's Dollar General.
0: Yeah, we, 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 I don't care. I, I can't control you know, how much I, your Arizona iced tea cost.
1: Also, I don't fucking work there. <laughs> like, it's not my jurisdiction, bud.
0: <laughs> not not for me.
1: Yeah, that that's cross state lines.
0: <laughs> that's the FBI. That's the FBI's uh, gas station. Go talk to the BP about that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing was, uh, because we were a small gas station, people might not know this if you don't live in Michigan, if you have a soda, beer, any sort of beverage that has carbonation, which for some reason, carbonation is the rule, if it has carbonation, it has to have a deposit, no matter what container it's in, glass, plastic, tin can, Aluminum, whatever, like if it is carbonated, it has to have deposit deposit in Michigan is 10 cents. So whatever your Pepsi, Coke, whatever it costs, you tack on an extra 10 cents. And if you bring it back to the store or a store that sells it, they give you back 10 cents. It's to stop, you know, uh, polluting and, and people, you know, littering everywhere with cans and shit. It doesn't work that great. It works a little bit better than some places, but it's 10 cents. No one gives a shit. Mm -hmm. um but most stores now they have a machine like you go to walmart any can that they sell there it's in their system that scans the barcode you get your 10 cents you bring it to the person they cash you out when you go to a very small gas station they don't have an automatic feeder they have (laughs) dudes that look like me and dave and you stack up your cans and count them and we go i trust you or i don't trust you and then we go count them and we give you the money and then we take them to a back room and sort them. So they go back to the suppliers they're supposed to. Coca-Cola yep. goes to Coca-Cola. Pepsi goes to Pepsi, so on, so forth and It is the most disgusting job on the planet.
1: It's the fucking worst. And I just kind of thought always thought it was hilarious that we take them out of the cardboard boxes that the customer put them in. and We take those cardboard boxes to the back and we empty the cans out of those boxes into the new cardboard boxes that we sort them into. <laughs>
0: new cardboard boxes new and then after enough cardboard boxes are stacked then you put them into a plastic bag and they come pick them up on saturdays um real fun real fun job but the thing is is if you've ever seen a piece of you know media about the midwest uh we like our tobacco and specifically we like our chewing tobacco because you know uh smokes are for jokes bud uh so you know we're we we're spitters you know we (laughs) We like our, like our, our, our you know, uh, what do they call them? Dave? Dips. They call. We like our dips. Yep. Uh, grizzly skull, that sort of thing. So if you don't know, chewing tobacco, you you put it in your lip. It cuts up your lip because there's usually fiberglass in it. The uh, arsenic or whatever the fuck people put in cigarettes, you know. Yeah. Uh, I but mean, the, that's one, uh, maybe one piece of it, but
1: the cat piss. No, yeah, right, exactly. All the right things they put pit. in.
0: Yeah, all the good stuff they put in, in cigarettes, basically, go in your mouth instead. Um, and it you you get your buzz, and then you spit out what's left, essentially. You don't swallow your saliva. It'll make you sick. And then you spit out what's left of the chewing tobacco. And do you do this into the ground? No, of course not. That would be uncivilized. You put it into a bottle or a can, and then you turn it into somebody who has to look at it and go, that's disgusting. Here's your 10 cents. Yeah. And we uh, we eventually had to put up signs saying we don't take, you know, cans or bottles with chewing tobacco in them and everyone ignored them. We would tell our boss and he'd say, I don't give a fuck. Uh, yep. <laughs> go count those cans or whatever. I got,
1: I got yelled at a few times for just throwing away those cans and I'm like, I'm not doing it.
0: Yeah, I'm not emptying that out. No. <laughs> we did not make enough to do that. No. But it is so disgusting.
1: We, we um, need, what, like 8.50 an hour?
0: Uh, at our peak. I think yeah. I started at something like seven and then worked my way up to seven fifty, And then when I quit um, to go to college and then came back part time, which eventually just turned into me going to full <laughs> full time and working, um, like, you know, going to school full time and working off books and stuff like that, you know, cause it's, it's a party star. No one gives a shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think then I worked my way up to like eight something an hour. Uh, but and at the time that was pretty fair for us. You know, we didn't do much, you know, we stocked coolers, uh, you know, which is where I fell in love with podcasts essentially, you know, Back at Nerdist before, you know, all the crazy stuff that, that blew up with Chris Hardwick and back before, uh, honestly, most podcasts got giant with the public. It was I would listen to Nerdist. I would listen to the IGN podcast. I had listened to Kind of Funny eventually, but even then it was still just the Game Over Greggy show before they'd split off from IGN. Mm-hmm. and made their own company. It was so early in so many of those podcasts. You had stuff like Joe Rogan and Adam Carolla that had been had been doing it for a long time, but it wasn't huge like it is now. Like Serial wasn't the thing yet. That was the big moment. Did you ever listen to Serial?
1: No, I haven't. And I've always heard about it.
0: Dude, it's really good. I don't know. I know you're not a big true crime guy, but you should really check it out. What did you listen to when you were in the coolers?
1: Um, I actually couldn't afford headphones at that point. Ah, Jesus! That's yeah. depressing. Because that yeah, place was but... haunted. <laughs> you, oh, can't, you it... can't be in there. Not sure with, like, just blood. listening
0: to the stories, you know. If you're just listening to the wind and the coolers roaring, and whatever conjuring two spirit is just in the fucking corner.
1: Mm-hmm. A-, a lot of times when I was in the coolers, I would like sing to myself, and I'm pretty sure I scared a little kid when I was uh, rapping some Tech Nine. <laughs> <in the coolers. laughs>
0: Yeah, that would, uh, that's enough. That's enough to scare somebody. The Tecanina is not, uh, is not, <laughs> it's, yeah, I it's was, not for the faint of heart.
1: I was quite the white boy.
0: Yeah, it's it was an experience because, uh, you know, most coolers are like that. There's not many that are automated. So if you go to get a, a can of Pepsi out of a cooler, somebody put that on the shelf. A lot of places you stock from the outside. But when you go to a little gas station, that's not how it works. You stock from the back. That's where they keep a lot of the, you know, a lot of the stock is in the cooler in there with you. So with something small like us, we didn't have a lot of room. So you would often, you know, two, three, four times a shift go in and restock all of the coolers, especially liquor or not mm. liquor but like beer and wine yeah um so so you would have to go back there and you would stock as fast as you can but you know fourth of july weekend everyone's got to have their mountain dew and their miller light and so so you're doing as much as you can so sometimes on a shift while well, we had two counters there was always one person at the main counter who ran gas and lotto and then there was a second counter that did the DVD rentals and whatnot. And that person was usually in charge of also stocking all the yeah, That's usually where we fell. Unless we were on a shift together, then of course you couldn't be trusted with a lot of our gas. No. Which is crazy. Cause like, that's the, like the way easier job.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I I never understood it. He like never allowed me to have that counter. And it's like, you know, I've been here like a year and a half. I know this job better than most of the old ladies who were here.
0: Exactly. And most most of the other people that worked like with like session of one or two people gambled the entire shift. Like me and you didn't play lotto cards or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they would just sit there doing scratch-offs for an entire shift.
1: Yep. And they would use their winnings to fund their like gambling. And it's just like, no, you you can't do that. Yeah, they would pay out at the end of the shift essentially.
0: It is a sketchy yeah. place sometimes. Um, but that's also you know, it's us working at a gas station in the two thousands. That's kind of that, that's on us, essentially, <laughs> you know, it's okay. like the DVD rental situation. That's that's just a that's just a thing. Um, I always thought about it like the floor. When I talk about a lot of stories, people picture, you know, linoleum or, you know, some sort of tile set But it's just cement. It was just concrete, not even like a cement floor. It was like the baseboard concrete that you would put something over top of in a warehouse.
1: Yes. It, and it was like it was clearly separated like someone had done half of the floor and then the other half of it later like they exactly were- exactly it was and like we
0: always talk about it's actually like three buildings kind of hodgepodge together so it was basically a dirt floor and we also were in charge of mopping it every night and i don't know if you've ever tried to mop a dirt floor but uh it doesn't work
1: <laughs> no that's
0: not how math works or, or physics or science or you know even whatever donald trump calls you know uh, I don't know education. <laughs> it just it just doesn't add up. You, you put a mop on dirt, or you know it was concrete in quotations, but it was already separated in the dirt. So we would just kind of swish the dirt around at the end of the shift, and then let it settle.
1: <laughs> and later, after you left, they had put a uh, actual like nice coating on the floor. It was it was like a, a polymer resin that had like paint chips mixed into it. Oh, dope! Uh, it was like an enamel coating sort of type thing very fancy i'm probably using incredibly wrong words but
0: no it all sounded real to me that that sounds those were those were bigly words
1: so so they cut they coated the floor in rubber bands how does that sound
0: yeah yeah perfect yes so that's pretty fancy yeah if i dropped a can would it crack it
1: um no and actually here's the funny bit for like the first six months after they put in that new floor we had been using the complete wrong cleaner to clean that floor we were actually eating away at the floor with it
0: <laughs> of course yeah because who would research that
1: yep he, he was like he was like here use this bottle of purple shit and i'm like okay sure i'll just pour that in the mop bucket and we'll meanwhile go there's a the different forming yep. and then like then like uh later on he's like hey so you got to use this simple green shit I'm like you're fucking up And i'm like what you you gave me this
0: yeah, the, that, that's part of like the beauty of working at a gas station where you're hiring, you know, like 20 year olds to run your entire operation is you can just blame them for everything. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm thankful to our old boss, John. You're a good guy. You know, you set us up as my first real job. Uh, but a lot of times I got blamed for something like, dude, I wasn't even working that night. What do you mean? That's my fault. And He's like, well, listen. You've been here like two years. Everybody else that's worked here is either related to me or has been here for 25. (laughs) I've only owned it for two years. So I'm going to blame you because you're not going to yell at me. (laughs) <laughs> and i'm like oh okay if this makes you feel better sure man like, yeah whatever
1: as long as i still have a paying job sure whatever. exactly
0: like that i don't care like i learned. that's one of the things i think i learned to let go a little bit at that job because i was always like very very proud of my work i was a i was a prideful dude when it came to doing a job and I'm like now nah, like, i don't care
1: <laughs> whatever
0: <laughs> it gets beat out of you i remember the first uh week i worked there and it was a gas station but like You know, I was going to school and like I had aspirations to do more and, you know, dress for the job you want or whatever. So, like, I wore some fancy duds. I wore my tie. I wore a vest. And uh, when the owner, like your your boss, the person that signs your checks, laughs at you for what you're wearing. Like, you don't wear that thing again. Right. No, (laughs) no. By the time I left, so again, I started bright eyed, bushy tailed, you know, nice, nice outfit, even working at a gas station because we didn't have uniforms. That's what I wore every day for the first week. When I left there, it was sweatpants and I was eating Hot Pockets and Mountain Dew on the job Um, like 100 percent. I wore headphones tw- like 24 hours a day, um, yeah. even there, like hearing every third word from whoever told me whatever, you know, just listening to podcasts. Um, I, I did run the cash register pretty well, and that's just because, like, that's something that can get you sued, you know, arrested. I did check IDs because, again, that can get you sued, arrested, fined. But other than that, that that was the extent I was going to go. That's the most I cared about it.
1: I'm pretty sure I ran the cash register well. Numbers do tend to fuck me up once in a while in my dumb, dumb brain. But, um, like, our boss would always check the tills and he would never actually tell us if we were wrong, like, if we were off or, (laughs) or not. 'm like uh okay. I think
0: the the big thing was like, even if we were off, we were not as off as a lot of the other people that worked there,
1: yeah, um, a lot of the other
0: people that worked there, like it was either off or they were
1: actively stealing, so it was just yeah. like me
0: and you it was like he knew like we we were gonna do that, so like that one, was the big thing.
1: one of our coworkers who was related to him one night she was off by like two hundred dollars
0: i yeah that that stuff, and I honestly like the pe- like the previous owner that stuff would happen all the time I knew several people that just like had like stolen lots of money and they're like well we'd have to hire and train somebody else so it's fine (laughs) are you sure? yeah that's just like how they would operate man like I, I can't judge it my favorite thing though so like we have to card people there and that's just the thing. That's the law. Technically, you card everybody that comes in. I think there's like some weird statute where it's like if they look above the age of 40, it's like, what does that mean? So yeah. we just, you know, you card everybody by default. They don't have an ID. They can't buy stuff. And people would get so irate, even if they didn't look that old or whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, it's a hick town. You know, people don't care about rules. Don't understand rules. Don't <laughs> don't understand what laws are. Don't care to understand what those laws are. And they would freak out like like I chose to do it or something
1: mm-hmm
0: the amount of times I was lit up by people you know with no teeth because I wouldn't give them their cigarettes I'm like dude I can't tell how old you are like you've done too much math
1: Like yeah. that's on you
0: that's not on me
1: like I was super like a social anxiety kid at the time and the first time I had to card someone I was like panicking and like I didn't have to card this guy but I wanted to exercise the right you know I wanted to get used to it like this is my job this is what I'm going to have to do so like this guy rolled up and he had like you know, like scraggly ass beard, and he was clearly older than twenty one. So I was right. just like, "Hey, I need to see your card." And he was like, "What? Are you serious? You don't need my card? Do I look do I look younger than 21 one?" I'm like, "Dude, just let me see your card. Just let me see your card." Like, just we can do it. Yeah, just it's it's simple. You would be spending less energy handing me your card than you would be bitching about it.
0: But that's just again working with working with the public. What yeah. was the what was the worst time you've ever been yelled at? It can be comedic. Don't worry about picking the one that actually made you cry or whatever. Because I oh, know there was yes. a few, because I've been there.
1: I don't think any of them ever actually made me cry. I just became numb to people. <laughs> um, I would get pissed. I don't remember, because I had a blind, blind rage. But some guy yelled at me for a while, and I just said, fuck it. And I walked away from the counter, and I walked into the very back, grabbed a, like, some sort of iced tea and I just whipped it down the long hallway. That was the back of our uh, like storage area. Really? Wh- yeah. I whipped it all the way down to the end. Like where the, where like the emergency exit is. And I pretty sure it exploded and I mopped it up later, but I just, so like, just threw uh, a
0: fastball down. Yeah. <laughs> down the center. Yeah.
1: And you know, I'm not a very like sports person. <laughs> I'm not.
0: I don't sport good.
1: No. But just the sheer rage I had in, in that arm that day, just fucking that bottle goddamn exploded.
0: Yeah, the most like, I occasionally I had a couple people that would yell at me. And my defense mechanism is either to yell back to fight or to just mock you incessantly for things that are unrelated. So mm-hmm. like someone would be screaming at me and I would just make fun of their their grammar or their their clothes. They're you know, I just start, you know, talking shit. Yeah, <laughs> and occasion and like the thing is, is like once that person starts getting out of line with you, it's not really on you anymore. That was like kind of our rule. Like you really weren't going to get in trouble if this person was being rude. I mean, obviously, don't mock them or whatever. That was crossing the line, but you weren't going to get fired if you had to tell this person to leave or if you had to go get somebody else, like management, which we didn't really have. It was our owner. Mm-hmm. But there was a, there was a couple of times where I got screamed at because they wanted something liquor related. Or I had cut people off. That was the most that I would get yelled at for was someone would come in clearly already intoxicated, like where a bartender would cut you off. And a lot of people don't know if you work at a liquor store, you have the same authority and responsibility as a bartender. So if somebody has been drinking too much, you can't sell them. You'll get in trouble if they're so, if they do something wrong after that. Mm-hmm. Like that's on you for some stupid reason. Uh, so they would come and try to do something, you know, and you say no. And that's where you get people who are belligerent. They try to fight you. They try to swing at you. The amount of times that someone has tried to swing at me, including a dude that was in a wheelchair, that one was always entertaining. He would, you know, come in drinking and he it was not funny that he was in a wheelchair, but he had come in. He tried to buy alcohol from me and he was a very mean old man and he got injured because I, I wouldn't sell to him. And he was like screaming my name in the street and he got hit by a car and he came in literally the next week now in a wheelchair angry at me still trying to buy booze still clearly intoxicated and he like swung at me and i'm like i don't know (laughs) what to do about this like he's not gonna hit me it's very far away in between the counter he's like swinging at me and I'm like, dude, this isn't going to happen. Yeah, um, I, know,
1: I remember that exact customer. And I have a, a story about him. Oh, it was, perfect. Tell us because it that
0: was, dude hated my guts.
1: Yeah, it was it was the last day I was working there before I moved downstate. And uh, he he came in the store. He was in his wheelchair tip, like he typically was. Sometimes he'd come in in crutches, but
0: see, was, he could walk. It wasn't like like his legs came off or anything. He just he got hit by a car because he was yeah. drunk in the middle of the street.
1: Yep he, he was just wheeling around and he was just cussing up a storm about something I wasn't paying anywhere near half attention to him and he like I just said hey sir can you not swear as much right now it's like in the middle of the day yeah. it is
0: it's a party store but you know we do sell toys and candy I mean,
1: like like kids do come in here like can you not swear as much and he just stops looks at me and like cocks his head like a dog would and then tr- like puts his hand on the counter and tries to jump out of his wheelchair to deck me. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Which he didn't make it because no. can't, you can't clear that gap.
1: No, um, didn't even come close, but I was surprised at the gumption. Before
0: before that had happened, the gumption on it like he would he would try screaming at me and being angry, you know, trying to buy as much booze as possible at, you know, you know, ten AM and I would be cutting him off. And that's when I got in trouble a couple times for mocking him and his crew that he would roll with because he would always roll in with, you know, two or three dudes. And ladies, you know, all in their 70s, all just, like, trying to get turnt, (laughs) like, you know, 10 a.m. And, like, screaming at me. And, like, again, that's what happens in small-town Michigan. These are the people that uh, that we occupy the same space of. And that's when I would start making fun of them. Because I'm like, what am I going to do here? Like, I I have no other defense mechanism. I'm not going to fight you. So I just would mock them incessantly for, you know, whatever candy bar they were trying to buy. I don't know. I was being a prick. Uh, uh but that's <laughs> what else can you do you you can't do anything you have was, no power as a gas station attendant
1: it was such a small town that the only things to do were either drink or go to the next town over which was a half hour at least
0: yeah and you just drink once you got there yeah so but like, we know. were kind of a like a party spot we were the party store right but people would just kind of come in to hang out like like people would go to a walmart or something if you were in a slightly larger town in michigan we don't have things to do we don't have clubs we have bars But even the bars, you know, often cut people off at a certain time. Like we would be the last place you could buy alcohol um, in the entire like county almost because we were open till midnight. Most gas stations closed at 10 around there. Uh, So people could come there, get gas, get, you know, supplies in quotation and get messed up. So if you cut them off, man, they were not happy because they didn't have another option until 6 a.m. the next day.
1: Yeah. And it's like we were kind of a party spot because we had we had three things we had those bars we had those churches and then we had lakes yeah (laughs) that's true it's like a
0: really strange combination like you know basically what you can do is you can go get messed up you can go swimming if you survive swimming um you then go you know repent the next day (laughs) and then it's
1: like that's the lineup um have you ever gotten drunk in a church parking lot (laughs) I personally know, but I have seen many people do it. Uh, okay. Yeah, it's was probably watching me <laughs> drink at a church parking lot. Like, the, the
0: to be fair to me and to all those who were also drinking with me, most of our town
1: is a church parking lot. Every yeah. three
0: Blocks was a church, bar, gas station, liquor store, elementary school. There, there wasn't a lot of in between.
1: Yeah, our our town didn't really have blocks. We had streets. Yeah, we had streets. It's like blocks is, is a strong
0: word, but uh, we were... Like, just I want to say it was something like 67 feet um, past where they would not let you sell liquor. Really? Yeah. That's just an interesting, uh, interesting footnote for you huh. uh, that they had measured before they got the liquor license, luckily. So, Dave, we're going to call it there. That's us ranting about working at a party store, um, working with the public. Do you have any last notes to throw in there before we go?
1: Um, never at work, uh, 4th of July, or if you're ever in Hillman specifically, VJ Day. Those VJ are day, yeah. awful party store days.
0: Yes, yes. The fact that our town celebrated VJ Day, which if you don't know what it is, look it up. Uh, you'll probably see a Confederate flag and, uh, you know, down. Yeah, that's the end of the list. That's probably mm-hmm. what you'll see.
1: Not only celebrated, but still celebrates today. Yeah, and it's
0: the only town in the entire world that still does. Yep. So there's that. If you don't, VJ stands for victory over Japan. You know. Yeah. But anyways, uh, <laughs> this has been persons of no consequence. If you like this, subscribe. Check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash Can't Be Killed Creations. You can help pledge back fund all of these other podcasts that we do on a weekly basis you get early content you get bonus content you get all of our content for our web comics over there it's all one patreon that goes a long way keeps the lights on keeps me trucking keeps all these other podcasts running lets me get people like dave to share his amazing stories you know now that he's you know bursting with stardom over at afm you know it lets me you know give him some money to come onto this podcast with the lowly people over here
1: wait you're giving people money
0: no, that was a typo, actually. Um, yeah. <laughs> if, if you want to follow us on social media, we're Can't Be, Kill, uh, Can't be Killed Pod over on Twitter. Can't Be Killed Creations on
1: everything else. I'm at Stevil on everything. Dave, where are you? I am on Twitter. I don't remember my handle because I did not come prepared. I didn't know there'd be a pop quiz.
0: That's okay. I, if you don't want people to follow you, that's on you. I, uh, I, or I not on you, rather.
1: I think it's at david Tolgetsky at twitter have fun that's that's
0: gonna be an easy one to find man you're gonna be person um with, with followers uh oh, thank you, you so much <laughs> thank you so much for listening this has been persons of no consequence and we're out